All right, Nathaniel. Uh, I mean, I believe everyone knows who we are. Dom Esclavon coming to you live and direct. Wasteland and anime podcast, yada, yada, yada. Joined always by my co-host, Nathaniel, please introduce yourself. Hey, folks, it's me, your co-host hey, of okay. Wasteland right. and anime. Okay, I just said all that. I said sure. all of that. I just needed you to introduce yourself. It's me. We're back, baby. Yes. Uh, short hiatus uh, over the little holiday break. Uh, I have come to the table with a thesis. Okay. Uh, it's less of a thesis, more of like an opinion that I've etched in stone. And it's like mm. the basis that I will go forth and judge every JoJo episode from like from here on out. But okay. the basis is, and I am, I am, I'm standing on this firm. Kakuin is the number one Joe bro. Number one, Uno, superior. He is top tier uh, of Stardust Crusaders. And given, yes, I've only seen 13 episodes. All right, fair, fair. But what more do I actually need to see? All right. This man is a legend in 13 episodes. And he's, we have so much more to go, but I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to let you know that's where my feelings are. That's how I feel right now. That's where I'm standing. Kakuin. <clears throat> the best. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so all I'm trying to think because I I knew this about you that you had some strong feelings about the boy Kakuin. And I've been trying to think about what to say in response to that. And hmm. given that each and every week it seems like your love and uh, admiration for the boy Kakuin, uh, the man with the red hairdo and green suit. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that your 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 appreciation for this character grows deeper. I think I just want to let it just let everything ride out. I, I want you to okay enjoy. Okay. I want you to enjoy the wild ride of Stardust Crusaders. Um, so far, so good. And I don't, um, and I don't want to spoil your fun. I, I think mm -hmm. it. All, what I will say before, you know, at the end of Stardust Crusaders, we'll have our in-depth retrospectives on all the characters and everything, and we'll we'll reevaluate how you feel at the end. But I just want to say it's a very, very intriguing and interesting take. Okay, for, um, for, for, I will for a also, newcomer. I'm just gonna say uh, also something I decided I'm going to do since uh, listeners, this isn't the first you're hearing of this. Um, we're gonna. This is like the third or fourth time. We're going to send out some tweets to let you know. We decided to expand how many episodes we will be covering uh, for JoJo and, you know, for whatever else we decide to watch. Well, it's a case-by-case -case basis. But right now we're going to be watching, what is this? What did we agree to? Six or seven episodes per week? Yeah, I think that, you know, we, we took some time in the hiatus to sort of reevaluate how the show was going. Um, and I think that, yeah, it makes sense going forward to just evaluate what show we're watching what arc we're mm -hmm. watching of any given thing jojo or no, no jojo and to just watch as much content as we think makes sense okay here's the thing put a pin in that the jojo or no jojo that should be a game show throw that throw that in the idea pile for later we can we can workshop that. We'll put it in the drafts. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're covering uh, seven episodes, and what I decided to do going forward, um, just because I keep there, especially with these seven episodes that we watched, where 
Uh, it's basically each uh, Joe Bro goes against a stand. Going forward, I'm going to come up with power rankings for uh, who stands out as far as like uh, top Joe Bro mm-hmm. and who is the least, who is a liability to the operation. And I mean, spoiler alert for these seven episodes that we watched, your boy Paul Nareff, liability, bottom of the list. Sure. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into we'll, it. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. Um, I guess before we uh, breach the JoJo portion of the show, you know, we've been away for a little while. We were in winter hibernation. Is, is there any updates you you want to give to the uh, devoted listeners out there? You have anything you want to talk well, about? Well, I I mean, much like yourself, where uh, you were. Uh, binging the West Wing with uh, your beloved, mm-hmm. I finally broke down and gave in to the request of my girlfriend, who had been asking me for some time. She, we we've had it on the docket, and I just said, "Okay, okay, we can watch the show, but there are so many great other shows that we need to like hit first. Mm-hmm. So we knocked out The Wire, we knocked out The Sopranos, yeah, top tier, yeah. Uh, so obviously, next was on the list." Uh, the Vampire Diaries from the CW. Yeah, but um, how many how many seasons is this, dude? <laughs> I had no idea that there were so many seasons or this many episodes. I I didn't know it went this long. There are eight seasons, bruh. Okay, twenty two episode twenty two yeah, episodes per damn. season. Because we got to keep in mind, this is like old CW, like from 2009, 2010 or whatever. So they're doing full seasons for a while. And this was like apparently their biggest fucking show that they had at this time. For the eight seasons it was on, it was like the biggest moneymaker. So Yeah, I can like vaguely picture the dude's face. Yeah, and I'm going to, I mean, there's several, there's two main dudes. As, Mm. I mean... As listeners will come to find out, uh, you you and I, I don't know if you'd consider yourself this, but I know myself, I am a huge Buffy and Angel head, you know? Yeah. I loved those series, loved the whole Whedonverse, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, after watching, I'm, I'm going to tell you how many seasons in I am, in I'm in, in a minute, but okay. after watching uh, as much as I have, I can honestly say this is like... Buffy and Angel, like those shows mixed and like sort of the weird Whedon stuff is adapted more toward, I don't, it's hard to say. It's, it's just, this seems like a contemporary Buffy and Angel uh, type show with like certain characters pushed to 10. Like they learned Mm. from like their, their obvious descendants from those shows. Right. And it's uh, it's clear. And for some for some characters, it works like beautifully. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's my guy. And for other characters, it's like, I just want to fucking strangle them. But that it goes without saying for any show. So but it's like, I mean, I don't know the first thing about the show, really. But like, well, I mean, Vampire Diaries. The, the, the basic premise is like you got one girl between two hot vampire guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but like in terms of, you know, drawing these comparisons to like Whedon's whole Buffyverse thing. I mean, the Buffyverse seems more 
and I'm a big fan of those two shows also. Like the Buffyverse seems very like rich in nerdy lore, right? Like Vampire Diaries isn't like that, is it? Or is uh it? yeah. No, really? it is. They get they get deep into it, my guy. Mm. Deep into it. Uh I'm in fucking heaven right now because in season two they finally introduce werewolves mm. and I lost my shit. And it's not dude, it is not like uh Oz when he shifted to a werewolf and he got like mutton chops and claws. They mm-hmm. they have real wolves and the shifting is very dramatic and graphic. It I was telling uh my girlfriend while we were watching it, it, re- it reminded me a lot of uh um a werewolf in London or a mm-hmm. werewolf in Paris. Yeah, an American mm-hmm. werewolf in London. Yeah, that one. Um, it just is it so it's good or yeah, no, I enjoy it. No, don't get me wrong. There, I mean, it's it's a CW, and you can definitely guess plot points, and you can see certain things coming, and some things. I mean, the tropes are all there. The tropes are all fucking there, but it it ropes you in. It ropes you the fuck in. Like, it's good stuff. I will. I highly recommend it. Um, the nerdy lore. Damn. I mean, they've yeah, they've created this entire world, and the fact that. They had two other spinoffs after this. It blows my goddamn mind. Oh, there's spinoffs. Like, hmm. There are two other spinoffs after this show, and well. so I knew that there was at least I knew that I knew that there are two spinoffs. <clears throat> the one spinoff they've introduced the characters to him, right? And I'm like, okay, these characters have been a, been on this show a while. By the end of like season two, seriously, they should be getting their own show, right? Their spinoff should be coming. No. Okay, by the end of season three, sure. No. Like, these guys who are who got their own spinoff, they were basically a part of this cast for years, built up this cult following, and then moved them along. You know, sort of like mm-hmm. they did with Angel, but I figured it would have been like, you're here for a few episodes, now we're going to shoot you off and do your own thing. But mm-hmm. no, they built, those, they built up these characters and this rich history of all these people and creatures. It's, it's been an interesting uh, watch, to say the least. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I don't know if my experience has been quite the same with uh, The West Wing, but mm-hmm. um, I don't not enjoy The West Wing. It's just a complicated relationship. I, like, I, I read all this stuff recently. I don't know if you like knew about this, but like, I, I was reading all this stuff about how apparently in the beginning, West Wing was supposed to, like Rob Lowe was supposed to be like the main character. And oh, then, I didn't know that. And then, like, as the, like, quick, like, very quickly, it was like, oh, Martin Sheen is, like, stealing the show in every scene. Well, he is the president, right? Yeah, I know. But I guess initially it was, like, the president character was only supposed to be, like, he'd only make these, like, ah. impactful appearances every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, and then slowly Sorkin was like, oh, shit, everyone is really good. And then... Apparently, Rob Lowe was, like, really not thrilled with that. And, like, he just harbored all this, like, resentment for, like, years. So, it's kind of, like... Wow. It's weird to, like... I don't know. It, it didn't... It I, Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't, like, spoil the show, but it's kind of weird knowing that now. Mm-hmm. That Rob Lowe is just having a shitty time, <laughs> like, at all times. But... Well, the show is pretty liberal also, right? Do you think that played yeah. anything into it? Because Rob Lowe is like a hardcore conservative, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I thought he was. Mm, I, if he is, I, I don't know. I mean, hmm. 
that'd be kind of weird for him to yeah because i mean the show is like in his character i mean all the characters are like bleeding heart liberals but um i mean parks and rec is a pretty progressive show too and he did that so i I don't know maybe he's just open to yeah no i'm not saying i'm not painting with a broad brush or anything i I didn't i was just saying maybe uh that also had something to do with his uh i don't know maybe disdain while he was there Hmm. um yeah uh i'm just uh scrolling through um google here and i typed in like rob Lowe conservative and one of the headlines is Rob Lowe goes full MAGA with, uh, <laughs> with hands. Uh, wait, Rob Lowe goes full MAGA. Twitter hands him his hat. Some yeah. So Rob I guess he Twitter, is. A, huh? Oh yeah, no, everybody's on Twitter. Nathaniel, get with it. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Um, the more you know. So I'm sorry that your West Wing uh, watch isn't as entertaining, but yeah, dude, I'm like. Four and a half seasons in to the show in about two weeks. Damn. We started, yeah, we started two weeks ago. And uh, the holiday weekend was long and boring and quarantine is still in effect because, you know, the pandemic ain't going anywhere. So I've just been chugging through and whew, good shit. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, yeah, the, the PS5 really uh, put a severe road bump into our west wing watching but yeah like like you said earlier i'm trying to like move on from this to like the heavy hitters the wire mm. sopranos mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. girlfriend hasn't seen either of those uh meanwhile i got my freaking dad over in the corner telling me to watch dexter of all shows yeah well you know nathaniel you know they're doing uh they're doing a sequel series it's coming back so I, you I, should watch I, it my, now so that way you can live tweet the new one with your dad or you guys can do like a Netflix party watch. I don't know how they're doing it these days, but definitely look oh into that. Yeah. yeah. I just um, like I'm trying to be as nice as I can about it, but like I could be wrong. I could be proven wrong, but I, I Je- no. from what I've heard, just watch the last season. The like everything up to the last season is irrelevant. It's just the last season. That's important. Watch that. Right. Um, I see. That's the kind yeah. of thing that would boil my blood so i can't do Mm. that i can't do that to other people like if you know for example if i had like a best friend and i said hey this show's really good and that this hypothetical best friend maybe just watched like the last scene of a show that i loved and just and like got back to me was like hey hey man i watched like the last scene of mad men or something and i was like you know maybe that best that hypothetical best friend had enough foresight to know that madman wouldn't hold that much weight to you going forward maybe he knew wouldn't and maybe hold that much that weight hypo- to me or to to them to you to them or to you to you yeah the hypothetical best friend knew madman wouldn't hold that much weight to you in the future also maybe your hypothetical best friend is just a a prank sinatra you know he's just a guy that likes a goof that is true um, yeah um I'll, i will say uh uh the whole thing I was saying with the last season of Dexter, it's known to be the worst. Season. Yeah. Well, see that that's why I can't trust the thing my dad's telling me. Cause when my dad first told me like months ago that he was like, Hey, I'm watching Dexter. I was like, Oh, the only thing I know about that show is that everyone loved it until like the end and everyone hated it. Yeah. And my yeah. dad was like, Oh really? And then I remember when he 
finished it, I was like, so was the ending terrible? He's like, no, I really loved it. So like, you gotta I, stop <laughs> listening to your dad. So I was like, I don't know. I mean, if there's people out there who just love Dexter and hate the end, then the end's got to be particularly awful. Yeah, no, I mean, there's someone that I work with. She loves Dexter and she goes on. She watches it all the time, but she specifically says how much she hates the ending. Like she'll rewatch it over and over, but skip that. Yeah. Which seems weird to me, but whatever. Like I'm just the kind of person where if I'm like positive, like I I don't want to like recommend someone watch something unless I'm like pretty sure they're going to be into it. Mm-hmm. And I just know that if I watch Dexter, like I'm probably not going to like it. And then I'm going to have to just come back to my dad and be like, dad, I didn't like it. And then he's going to be all disappointed <laughs> that I didn't like it. And it's just going to be a whole thing. So I don't want to do mm. that. I don't want to do that to him. I'd rather just let it be a mystery. God, man. What if he writes in his will or like there's a video like, things set up after he dies and you never get back to him that you didn't watch it, but he assumes that you will get around to it eventually. So he makes his last will and Testament and in the will, he's like, well, it's just like in season five of Dexter or something like that. Mm. And he says some poignant thing or leaves like a message for you. And you'll never know what it means because you haven't watched any Dexter. What would you do? I mean, I guess I could just... At this point, all Dexter files have been erased from the world. Oh. Keep in mind. Yeah. I I guess at that point, I'd have to, like, go on some sort of, like, word, like spoken word, like, word of mouth, kind of, like, oral... You're going to find nothing but fanfic, brother. Nothing but fanfic. No, but, the like, I couldn't... is covered like, in Dexter fanfic. No, You're not going like, to find what you need. I know, but go, like off internet like find people like oral, off internet like oral historians oral dexter historians who can like break down to me what happened <laughs> that are traveling the world you're going to travel the world looking for uh yeah they're for dexter like yeah, there'll be traveling bards who like travel, yes travel, i was gonna say bards who like travel through towns <laughs> and uh regale the children of and each one speaking specifically of certain seasons or arcs and if you want to know all of it, you have to like hunt each one of them down individually. Oh, yeah, you oh, have to like yes. travel. You have to travel the lands. Beautiful. That's the only way you're going to be able to find any show in the future. And, and like the the final season, the season that's terrible is like mm. like a retired bard who like resents the world and he lives up on a mysterious, dangerous mountain guarded by a troll or something. You, no one can get to him. Yeah, but then would anyone want to get to him? Oh, no, but that's the thing. That you they don't, don't know. know that it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go after him, and then you're let down once you get there. I, I'm i smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Cool, cool, cool. Man, we got to put that in the drafts, we'll put, too. Yeah, that's I was, was just going to say, we'll put that one in the drafts, too. Sweet. All right. Well, my friend. We got a lot in the drafts. Are, how are you feeling? Are you ready to jump back into JoJo after many, many yeah. moons away? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's right. get into it. So we had discussed uh, off air about us doing like a uh, a little bit of um like for all the episodes we watched to kind of throw together sort of a short a, little synopsis. Like a synopsis thing. So I wrote. Some, yeah. Did you did you write something down? I sort of wrote down a little thing. Do you want me to? Or do you yeah, to do go it? for it. Do no, you no, have, no, no. Do go. you have one? I do not. So perfect. Thank you. So yeah, like I was trying to figure out like what makes sense. So I don't know. I don't know how this will work for you, but this is what I got. So this week on Jojo stranded on the high seas, the crusaders find themselves picked up by a ghost ship piloted by an evil 
pedophilic orangutan. Uh, then in Singapore, the Frenchman Polnareff gets himself into a one-on-one stand battle with a small puppet. Meanwhile, Jotaro finds himself playing a game of wits against a piece of rubber who tarnishes Kakuin's good name by eating beetles. After a rubbery climactic stand battle, Jotaro and the gang get their next clue regarding the mysterious man who killed Polnareff's sister, heading to India for an epic showdown between the Crusaders and two new villains. Then Joseph finds himself battling his own arm, and the Crusaders find themselves in a high-speed car chase on the cliff sides of India. Mm. Chef's kiss. So that's beautiful. That's a, a high-level view of what we're going to be discussing this week. So is there? I mean, fuck. I wish there was a way that, like, someone. I want the Kakuin. I want a Kakuin gif of him eating those beetles, and mm. you know that. You know the meme of the movie theater guy. You've never seen that? Well, what do you mean? Hey, this thing eating beans? I want that for Kakuin. But when Anne was staring at him, because uh, uh-huh. it was, uh, it's so stupid, but it popped in my head as soon as I saw uh, the fake Kakuin eating those beetles. You never saw that meme? Of this movie theater thing? Yeah, you have I to type. Okay, type in. Knows. Type in Beans movie theater or something in Google and it'll it'll show you the it'll show you the meme. Guys, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Beans right. movie theater tweet. Beans movie theater meme. Wait, tweet or meme? Tweet. Yeah, sure, whatever. Tweet, meme. It's all the same. This is like a recent thing? I mean, it's evergreen. It's always out there. It's got like a hundred million likes. You know, uh, you seen it? Damn. I don't know. You're going to have to send it to me. There's a lot of beans. I mean, beans have been like a hot meme the past couple of years. So there's like a lot of bean content out there. I don't know if I'm going to find the right thing. I think you'll have to find it and send it to me. All right. Fair enough. I'll and we'll, and we'll, po- and we'll post it on, on the Twitter. Dude. I li- well, yeah, what? I know what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I just, I literally for. typed it in. And I have, I, it was the, it was the third image on Google, but basically, uh, is it, wait, is it a picture or just a tweet? It's a tweet, but I went to images to find the tweet because I typed in Bean Movie Theater tweet. Wait, so is it the I spilled baked beans all over myself watching Cars 2? Yeah. That's it? Okay, I'm pretty sure I've seen, I saw this back when it came out. Well, yeah, that's Yeah, so the the Cars 2 Bean tweet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars 2 Bean tweet. Yeah, okay, I, I I do remember that. Yeah, I just want Anne, I wanted Anne to like point at Kakuin and be like, Oh, hey, oh, this right. nigga eating beetles, but right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, gotcha, gotcha. God, I mean, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. So I'm sure everyone yeah. at home is really hyped right now. They're fucking, they're doubled over in laughter. That was a that I was mean, a classic wasteland bit. I You're cut, welcome, folks. I'll just cut this all out and I'll. The po- show is free. I'll post. Uh, I'll like record and post like me just, just laugh, laughing hysterically. No, cut everything out except for while I was explaining the joke to you. Just post that as the episode. That's all I want. <laughs> right. Just okay. put that up. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, that description, beautiful. Thank you. Love it. Uh, I wanted to get into a couple things with that though. Uh, so Dio, we open on him and he's talking to his witch friend uh, and Yaba. And he asks her a question that I wanted to throw to you, where he says, like, life, what does it mean to live? So are we to assume that Dio has been this monstrous creature for so long that he has forgotten what human life 
means and what it is to be alive. Is that what mm. they're trying to uh, convey? Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, yeah, I do remember that piece of dialogue. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think I should pull it up and like look at it? Because I, I mean, the whole like well, the, it doesn't the, necessarily have to be like a yes or no. I'm just wondering like your thoughts when. I mean, I know you've read the manga, so maybe there's some subtext there or a little bit more to it. I know you like you know more about this than I do, so I'm wondering, is that the case for you? Like, is that how you read the scene? Um, I think you could read it that way. I mean, there's some weird like in terms of Dio as a character, like his there's certain aspects of his character that I think a rocky sort of forges oh god how do i put this um i think like the crux of his like desire and his motivation we don't we we might not necessarily learn as an audience until uh, i mean we th there's certain things about yeah his um his goals and desire as a person and as a character until maybe later on. in Stardust Crusaders or just uh, period. Oh, okay, we'll, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll okay. Fair enough, fair enough, I fair think enough. We'll leave it kind of right. open ended, but let, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have this. Yeah. I have the scene open up right now. Um, so one thing while I'm reading this, one thing I will say is that so, Enyaba is in the manga is actually Enya. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Sail away. Can we just drop a little sail away in there? Is that in you? Yeah. Drop yeah. a little sail away in there, my dude. Classic. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like Iraqi maybe did the real artist Enya a little dirty with this one. <laughs> I mean, to... yeah. The just the character design. I was gonna say, uh, her and who we come to find out is her son. Her son looks like just a giant dookie man. <laughs> like his. His face, just everything about him. I had questions, and I wanted, I wanted some answers. Yeah. Um, so I, so I'm looking, I'm reading the subtitles for this scene again, and there. So yeah, he basically says to Enya, like, you know, what does it mean to live? And she says different things, like to love and to have desires and whatever the hell. And then Dio says, "I believe that conquering fear is what it means to live." Hmm. Uh, and he says, the one who will stand at the top of the world is the one who fears no fear whatsoever. Do you understand, Enya? Um, hmm. hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I guess, so right at this moment, I, I wouldn't say that it's Iraqi's intention to make us believe that he just doesn't remember what it's like to be human right right but at the same he's time, decided okay yeah go ahead but but like at the same time dio is so like high on his whatever god complex he has that maybe he's like intentionally like pushing like like i i think he i mean didn't he have some lines like that in like even in phantom blood where he's like i'm i'm rejecting humanity and yeah stuff like that yeah so, definitely yeah I, I i think that yeah his 
you know, obviously we still have the rest of Stars Crusaders to see what Dio has to say about things, but definitely as the series progresses in certain ways, um, Dio's character is um, elaborated on more. But it's, yeah, uh, huh. I don't want to okay. get into it too much now, but... Um, Did you have any info on who I have dubbed uh, in Yaba's or Inya's Seven Sinister Stands? Because, I mean, each of them, they have an interesting power set. And I wanted to know where exactly the Empress and the Emperor, like how they play into names. Like, I know that you said that they're just based on tarot cards, but I'm wondering if the the meaning of the tarot card correlates to the power set of the stand. Um, because, like, some of this stuff, just there's like, so, I'm not seeing the parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, all right, so... Um, the first thing I'll say is that for Stars Crusaders, you know, this is the first, this is Iraqi's first shot at like delivering stands in this narrative way. And so right now, the only stands we know of are stands that, like it, it, it's a little unclear with certain stands here, like how long these different people have had their stands. Mm -hmm. um, some with some people like uh, Kakuin and um, Avdal, you know, they say, "Oh, we were born with our stands," but their stands are still named after tarot cards, which makes mm. sense for Avdal because he's a fortune right, right, teller, right. but doesn't make any sense for Kakuin. Um, but so I think that the in-universe explanation of Stardust Crusaders is that Enya, Enya is a fortune teller too, and she named all of these people's mm. stands. Okay. Okay. So so. Oh yeah, of course, because they are her assassins. She she gave them their names and sent them out. Okay. Yeah. So like sense. so yeah like I think so far what it's been Tower of Grey. Dark Blue Moon, Strength, Devil, Yellow Temperance, the Empress. Empress, Emperor, Hanged Man, Wheel of Fortune, and Wheel of Fortune. But but then yeah, yeah. so those make sense in the in the sense that okay, Enya named them. She's a fortune teller. She did. It was the exact same way that um, Avdol named Star Platinum. Star Platinum, and we assume that he <coughs> probably named Hermit Purple too. I you know I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, but then it doesn't explain Silver Chariot at all you know so it's a weird yeah, it's a weird yeah. it's a weird inconsistency i think that part of what i said and explains it but then it, on the other hand it's like a rocky i think just wanted to stick with the tarot card. and in the future you said like everyone or the stands are named or the, they're like musical references yeah so i mean basically moving after stars crusaders ends essentially every character that you meet going forward who has a stand just names it themselves Mm, okay so every stand user going forward just at some point in their life whenever they got their stand just named it themselves okay cool good to know um but yeah so among these episodes there's definitely some filler surrounding the kind of highlight of this grouping of episodes which is of course the emperor and the hanged man part one and two so <clears throat> so how, how do you want to proceed forward do you want to just Hop around. I mean, we can just, yeah, let's hop around. I mean, you you brought up the ghost ship and that pedophilic monkey. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah. he was wiling out there. That that was uh you had mentioned it was the first time that we see a stand come from like an animal, like not a non-human entity. Yeah, so I think that you know, it's an interesting episode. It's definitely not I I mean, I don't know. I guess this is one of the stand battles that I definitely remembered pretty well coming back hmm. into it while doing a rewatch just because it is the first I think of like the initial stand battles like once the start once the crusaders are formed and move onward like in terms of like the minor villains they encounter I think this one's pretty memorable memorable only because it's like the first instance where you really get a sense of like what stands can be you know they're not just these kind of superpowers that you have like right right it's a goddamn like ship and it's like at the same time yeah it's it's a giant freighter that's bound so it's a bound it's in part it's a bound stand which is bound to like this little dinghy and then at the same time this orangutan can wield a stand that's bound to a dinghy so it's kind of this weird and that's thing so is there any information on this goddamn orangutan? Because There's like, really how not. did it, how did it get this power? You know, and um, why on earth did it give a fuck if JoJo died? Well, okay, so, okay, so I mean, what I will say is that this isn't the last time we see an instance of a stand that's bound to an object. So what I think happened, like there, as far as I know, there's no like deeper lore to, and this orangutan's name is forever, by the way, but not that it's, I don't think it's ever said in, in the show, but um, it, it, there are instances of stands being bound to objects. And then there's also instances of people or animals or whoever um, being, I, I think basically what probably happened was the stand was bound to the object. And then at some point in time, the orangutan somehow came in contact with the stand. Ah, and this orangutan's weird lust and drive made <laughs> it able to wield the stand, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. So aside from this fight being memorable just because this is the first instance we've seen stands break away from the typical stand stand user, even though that is what this is, but you know, it's bound to a, it's a fucking ship and it's weird as hell. But also the interesting thing about it is that this is the confirmation that we have as an audience that animals can wield stands. So, hmm. So, you know, I I think those are the most interesting elements of, of this episode. It's really just, to me, I like it because it's just information that we get going forward. That it, It's just building out the what stands. Can you tell me, can you tell me if Anne, the young girl, mm -hmm. if she and Jotaro get married? <laughs> um, because it's ridiculous that she keeps popping up. So yeah. frequently. And now she's got this crush. And I know how uh, Araki, he likes to throw <clears throat> these characters in there and give them these little like glances at the Jojo of the time. And then later on, yeah. uh, all of a sudden they're married or some shit and they pop out a kid. So, I mean, yes, this, they 
All right. So a couple things. For one, no, they don't. Get, they don't get married. Okay. Um, and two, I think that I, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I'm pretty sure this is like the last instance of Iraqi's like fascination with having these random ass kids, huh. like being okay. involved with the. the I mean, you the say JoJo kid, crew. but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There's something going on there. Yeah, I mean, at first, I mean, it's interesting because over the course of these episodes, she goes from being like terrified of Jotaro to like infatuated with him. And yeah, but she also sees like some crazy shit go down, and he's the main person like yeah. sticking his neck out for it. I, That's why I was wondering. Yeah, I will say though that I was shocked to remember having like rewatched these episodes now that she was in it for this long. I could, oh really? Like I in my mind, I was like, "Oh yeah, she's in it for like two episodes, maybe." She keeps fucking popping up. I yeah. thought they were done with her. They're on the road, it's, and there she is hitchhiking. It's really like, this girl wants to die or something, man. She's it's really she's got a lust for life. Yeah, and Anne's a weird character. I think yeah, I don't know why Iraqi was on this with these first three parts, but yeah, you know, gotta have a little kid. What what are you gonna do? I I think maybe maybe he was just so. Uh, in love with um temple of doom yeah i was gonna say like short round yeah 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 like yeah, ha having a probably. little sidekick character but who doesn't love that fuck man that's great yeah yeah um, no i i'd written in my notes so help me god if ann and jotaro end up together i'm gonna fucking lose it but thank you for uh letting me know that does not happen yeah um right well yeah so i i think that yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about. Well, shit. We can uh, dip on off to uh, yeah, Palner yeah. F versus uh, the Devil, aka Soul Sacrifice, the puppet stand, um, where we finally see my boy, uh, old man Joseph Joestar, in his pink blazer, the drip. I love that this man. Uh, he's still got his fashion sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that of all the Crusaders, I'm pretty... I don't know why, but I, I feel like... Um, He's had the most costume he, yeah, changes. Yeah, exactly. That was just what I was <laughs> going to say. Like, he he has the most... Diff like, he, he packed a suitcase, and everyone else is just like... Everyone else stays in the same shit, but you go to a different location, Jojo, or Jojo, he's like, all right, cool, Pink Blazer, what's up? And you're on the ship, and he's like, okay, I'm in the little, I'm, I got my sleeves rolled up, uh, I got my striped shirt on, I'm ready to go. Like, he, he's ready for whatever, and I love it. Everyone else, Abdal, he stays in his, his uh, robes and everything, and Polnareff has that one strap tank top thing that he, he's rocking. And uh, yeah, the guys, they never get out of their goddamn school uniforms. Although I will ask... At the end of the episode of the last, uh, what was it, with uh, Wheel of Fortune? Yeah. Uh, Jotaro's jacket gets burnt off. Yeah. Going forward, will he, like, will he get a new school uniform jacket? Will he have one sent to him by the Speedwagon Foundation? Or are we done with that shit? Because I would love to be done with that shit. It's too much. Really? You're not a fan of the chained out? It's just because they're, they're in these hot places. I'm thinking, I'm thinking literally, like... It, it like even when they were in uh I forget was it Calcutta or Cairo or I forget where they were when um when the Hermit Purple um Empress fight was going on uh, -huh. uh 
old man Jojo, he was like rocking like he that beige uh rolled up button up or something. He he was like out there. Mm-hmm. He had the buttons down to the mid chest. He was, it was like a warm sunny day. Everyone else is cloaked, you know? Right. Um I'm just wondering. The fashion, yeah. I love it. I mean, I think you might find out in the first like 5 seconds of the next episode. <sighs> All right. Um it would be a funny bit if the Speedwagon Foundation sent him a school uniform. I would love that. Right. Yeah. I I, I will say though that it was an interesting detail that his he, it's like a tank top beneath it. I don't know what I thought hmm. it was, but you know, when he like crawls out of the ground and it's it's just this Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I didn't think he would like come out. I mean, the the point with the whole thing burning, I, I I assumed like he would come out almost wearing nothing, but the tank top thing, I was like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I get it. Right. I fucks with it. Yeah. So Polnareff versus um, the devil. Yeah, Polnareff Palmer versus the devil. So yeah, I think this was just probably Iraqis, maybe like obligatory, like, oh, well, we should give this guy some time to shine since he's the newest hmm. crusader. Um, right, right. Uh, I assume that uh, this devil stand was, or Ebony Devil, I guess, is the, like the full Ebony name. Devil, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I assume this was probably inspired by Chucky, right? I mean, it's got to be. It had to be, because, I mean, that was the most foul-mouthed little uh, doll since Chucky. I was telling my girlfriend because she kept popping in and out. Uh, and at one point, she heard the part where the doll said, like, if I had more or if I had any piss in my body, I'd piss all over you or something. Yeah. And she was like, what the fuck are you watching? And I was like, oh, um, it's Jojo. And that wasn't even a, a real character. That was a puppet. So, yeah, it was just wild, wild nonsense. I, I dug it, though. Uh, good fight. Yeah, pretty solid fight. Um, I'll give... I normally wouldn't, but I'll give Polnareff his due. I'll give him his props. Because uh, uh-huh. the first thing he did when he walked into uh, his room is he told uh, who, like, he told Ebony Devil, get out of the fridge. He was like, get the fuck out. I'm not stupid. That's You know, tr- you got all. That's true. He, he did notice that. He was like, you got all the stuff on top. Get the fuck out. Let's do this. It. I mean, after that, yeah. he let his guard down. I- <laughs> Yeah, I will say that I was just going to say that is that this is like the one instance of him being like on top of things, because basically after this, literally every episode, anytime like strange shit, like super suspicious shit's going down. He's just like, he's he's like, yeah, like who cares? It shouldn't like, Bruh, like in the in my notes, in my notes, I have Paul Nareth is a fucking liability to this entire organization. Yeah. Well, just because like every turn he's he was flirting with Nina. God, oh yeah, and and like I love in the Wheel of Fortune episode, like this weird ass car is just like causing them trouble for like ten minutes. Yeah, and Jotro's suspicious, and Paul Nerf's like, eh, not a big deal, just a weird car, right? Like it's and then they're almost off the cliff, and the motherfucker is like the first one to try to get out, and Cockywing has to remind him. He's like, yo, dude, you need to keep your foot on the brake, otherwise we all die. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 bet, 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 (laughs) sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I okay, so he is a liability, but man, he might be my liability. He might be like my favorite dummy. 
Yeah. Colgrath. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the he's the goofball of the group. I mean, what can you say? Mm. He's You definitely you know, need he, one he's of those. that one friend. You know? Yeah. You got to have that one friend. Right. Um but yeah, pretty interesting fight. I I guess yeah, I mean, it it was interesting to see I mean, that's the thing with stands, right? Is like, you know, like with a Rocky and the way his head works, like nothing's ever as straightforward as it could be. Like he always finds right more weight. Like if, if you keep, you know, if you had 20 episodes of nothing <clears throat> but um, uh, Silver Chariot, like a Rocky's going to try his darndest to come up with 24 ways to make it. Uh, to, to, to figure out how silver chariot could work so i mean it, it was a good I'll, episode. yeah it was a pretty it was creative in the way that he defeated uh, uh it was i was gonna say that it was uh pretty creative the way that he decided to defeat um the devil just by breaking all of the uh the glass in the room and everything just so he could get a better look at him uh, an episode that focuses a little more on your boy Kakuin, even though it's a bastardized version of him. How did you I got feel, questions? How did you feel about Yellow Temperance? Hit hit me, hit me. Uh, I hated the motherfucker, but my main question was because while he was imitating Kakuin, he was able to use Hierophant Green. Therefore, yeah, he can mimic not only a person but their stand ability um right what do you mean um well no no, yeah, no. it's just yes well so i i have actually seen this covered in some think piece jojo think piece mm. videos and the way that i mean i'm just going to defer to the jojo experts on this one but the way that they describe it is that um so yellow temperance right we see the scene where he you know he's imitating kakuin and then we see um hierophant green like snaking along the ground and um, yeah this was just after uh ann asked him to buy her some coconut juice they're buying coconut juice uh kakuin gets his wallet stolen right by a pickpocket yeah and so i mean remind me what exactly Hierophant Green did it like it like snaked along the ground and I forget what it did after that I think it like shot out and grabbed him it grabbed the guy and like yeah so up or something so um so the way that this was described in this video I saw was that it when you see Hierophant Green going down like that's like on the ground and doing its thing like that's just yellow temperance like mimic mm. mimicking hierophant green like so yellow temperance mimicking hierophant green wouldn't be able to send out a one-to-one emerald splash gotcha so mm. and so like for example another example like if hierophant green or if uh yellow temperance mimicked jotaro it couldn't physically mimic the power of star platinum like visually it could maybe make a representation but you know what i mean no no i'm smelling what you're stepping in i believe 
uh, that there are people out there that believe that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am just of uh, a different mindset that Yellow Temperance is the most powerful stand that we've seen. And he is able to <laughs> mimic every detail of a stand. I mean, until I see yeah. evidence otherwise, that's that's but, what I believe. Yeah, but I, I think it's mostly a visual mimicking. Like, he can't mimic the the abilities of every stand. So say you, Nathaniel. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so say me. Okay, well, agree right. to disagree. All right. Um, um, I thought uh, the power itself was pretty interesting. He, uh, him being able to, like, uh, morph into uh, just about anything and anyone that he wanted to. Well, what was the the point behind the lick, 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 lick that shit with with his um, tongue? What 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 was that all about? Well, I think at the at the first instance we see it, I think it was probably just a a Rocky's way of <laughs> further letting us know that this guy, like, there's something seriously wrong with. Kakuin and that this is uh clearly a stand like mimicking him or something if the as if the beetle stuff wasn't enough to yeah to convince uh, us what was that. the point with i mean but why did he even eat the beetles why yeah see i i, I don't know Nathaniel, i got questions why sometimes i maybe there's a legitimate answer out there i think sometimes iraqi is more a little more swept off his feet with the way something will look or feel before he comes hmm. up with like a great answer for it. Like maybe yellow temperance is like powered off beetles or something. I can't, I don't know. I don't remember if that's like a thing or not, but right. I don't know. Like a Rocky, I mean, he's got characters who like lick knives and shit for like no reason. And it's like, that's, know, that's like, what I expect to see in anime though. I expect to yeah, see that, true. you know? Yeah. I guess he just wanted to throw in some like creepy weirdo examples of being like, "Hey, Kakuin's acting like insane." Maybe he's just letting weird. the ladies know he a freak. He That's down true. Away. But the um, I will say you will be proud of your boy to know that Kakuin made it into. I would say that the Lelo 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 meme is like of Starters Crusaders memes. It's it's like top three, I think. Nice. nice. It's like it's like highly. I mean, at least it was highly gift. It, it's I not. I mean, I can't see why it wouldn't be. That's you letting you letting the timeline yeah. know it's horny hours. Yeah, exactly. But 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 then, I guess you got to give a little credit to uh, Yellow t or Rubber Soul is the the stand user's name. Uh, you got to give some credit to him for being accurate because at the end when they're on the train to India, we see Kakuin do it. So Kakuin yeah. just be a freak, I guess. Yeah, he out there, ladies. That's that's he, my boy. That's why he's my boy. He's not yeah. afraid, you know. Not like Uncle June. That's um, for all you soprano heads out there. But yeah, I mean, Yellow Temperance is a weird stand because like, it's it's literally just like Play-Doh on top of Rubber Soul. Like he's hmm. he's under it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He can morph. Yeah. But it I, so wait, it like does it come out of it comes out of his body and then it morphs over him, right? So it's that's my okay. that's my yeah. that's He's my understanding. Saying. But it's kind of weird because like you know this is the only episode we get of Rubber Soul doing of it's Yellow because Temperance. he was too powerful they couldn't bring him back, <laughs> right? But 
like, Rocky wrote himself into a corner. Like I, I would assume that's pretty limiting on like how much he can do because like he wouldn't be able to mimic anyone shorter than him, right? Like I don't think his body morphs. No, he did though because he was that what? lady. Oh right. Yeah. But see, how would that work? Like, cause I don't know that you're asking me. I'm just seeing this for the first right, right, right. time. I know. Well, I, I'm just I'm talking out loud, I guess, just because like mm. visually the information we got was just that yellow temperance is this like yellow um, uh, goo blob. material yeah. blob that just like lives on his body like we didn't get any information that oh it actually like shrinks his body maybe we did and i just don't remember but no i mean it made him grow he could grow with it but i don't understand you can't make matter disappear so i don't know yeah yeah this is this is for neil degrasse tyson that's well true. after we upload this episode so just keep the clip where it's me explaining that joke and then us trying to figure this out We'll send this part to Neil deGrasse Tyson. We'll put the other part up as the episode, maybe behind a paywall Patreon. I don't know. Sure. We'll make people pay for it. But that's that's the plan going forward. Okay, we'll put that in the drafts. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I love at the end of this episode that Joseph knows that the Kakuin that walks into his room is the real one because uh, he asks where he was. He said he was sunbathing in his yeah. school uniform. Yeah, love it. Never takes his clothes off, fucking weirdo. He's but, a never nude. But that's what I appreciate. About on it, honestly, like to give uh, Kakuin a little bit of credit here, I, I guess you could give some credit to Jotro too. But specifically, like we got to realize that Kakuin is not only uh, like a very light skinned Japanese man, but he's also a ginger true so the true. sun might really be messing with him so i think he might have to by necessity keep his i didn't even think that his hair was like naturally red i thought that was yeah, a probably choice. not i mean we I, I mean we haven't seen his parents we don't know maybe mm. he's mixed maybe maybe R ron weasley is his dad <laughs> perhaps perhaps i look man I, I don't know what it is about the man maybe it's how just chill his demeanor is mm -hmm. throughout all this chaos and he's like this level-headed calming force of the team yeah i appreciate him i don't know he's just out there doing the lord's work he's corralling all these joe bros keeping them in line but without like being a dick about it and he like when hierophant green needs to like pop out and do its thing you wouldn't even think that it could accomplish some of the things but like let's say when wheel of fortune knocked them off the edge of that cliff mm -hmm. hierophant green shoots out like, without a moment's hesitation, Kakuin's already like, I got this. And old man Joseph's like, what are you even doing right now? This isn't for you to handle. And he's like, don't stay in your lane, old man. Like, I got, yeah. like, you you handle this. I'll take care of this. Like, I got, so that's all I'm saying. Look, I'm I'm hyping my boy up a lot. This is a Kakuin appreciation podcast. Tell all your friends. Yeah, uh, well, I'm here for it. Kakuin needs I appreciate some love. it. Um, all right. Well, I, it's probably a decent time to really hop into the first two-parter in, mm. in our Jojo run so far, the Emperor and the Hanged Man, part one and two. Um, yeah, I mean, these so, episodes brought to you by Chai Tea. Yeah, no, they were, uh, they were hot. They were hot. 
finally Polnareff getting some sweet, sweet revenge, meeting uh meeting the killer of his sweet young sister. Yeah. Um so th- here's a, another instance of the um the localization differences. Uh Hit me. so so uh the man who wields the hanged man and who killed uh Polnareff's sister Centerfold is named Jay Guile. Oh no. Oh oh shit. Okay, I get it. Oh man, that's so stupid. <laughs> Centerfold. Uh for that my teacher is a centerfold or whatever song. Jay Giles band. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, oh, my brain just did like Oh man, I gotta I gotta put this pen down. But uh no no, no <laughs> keep going. That's great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean if you if you watch I was gonna ask. If you yeah. watch those episodes again in Japanese, like yeah, every time they say his name is Jay Gail. When were yeah, you so watching you them in Japanese? I thought you were watching them on Netflix. Huh? Yeah, it's I thought you it's Jap there's Japanese audio on Netflix. Dude, this entire time I've been watching it dubbed. Really? You haven't been watching any of these in Japanese? Stardust Crusaders? I I think I watched like the first three. What? And then I Well, hold on. Here's the thing. Oh, no. I was watching them. I know, I know, because I was watching them on uh, Hulu, and they only have it subbed on Hulu, right? And I had mentioned that to you, and I was, I was like, "How are you watching?" And you said Netflix, and when I looked on Netflix, all I saw was dubbed, and I was like, "Shit!" If he's only watching it dubbed, then I guess I can only watch oh, it. Oh man, I can watch it dubbed. No, so I've been watching a shit ton of it just dubbed. <sighs> yeah, you can just go in and change the audio. Damn, well, why would I do that if I got it over I, on Hulu? I've been doing it on. Oh man. Yeah, no, I have not heard any of the English for Stardust oh, Crusaders. Dude, the, the, those were like everything I wanted to talk about in the next episode, The Empress. I didn't hear any of it. The English is like, oh, damn. Okay, well, okay, we'll we'll have to figure this one out. But, uh, damn. Okay, I guess let's... Can let, you let, drop like sound bites in? I I can. Well, we'll get we'll get to Empress in a bit, but let's um my apologies, my friend. L- let's talk about the Emperor and the Hanged Man a bit. So, yeah, so aside from finally seeing Jay Guile and he, you know, his weird ass um Hangman stand, but and we'll get into we'll get into that, but first that's so what, great. I love it. What Keep what going. what um we we did meet another very important character in the Stardust Crusaders at the beginning of this episode. Mr. Yeah. Hall Horse. Okay, so that I, I was refraining from saying his name because I didn't know if it was different from what you had mm. seen because I'm it's, calling Centerfold Centerfold, but yeah, he's yeah. Jay Giles. It's um, yeah, so Hall Horse. Hall Horse is Hall Horse. Okay. Um So what was his like was there any did they take his name from anything? Um I actually didn't know and I looked it up yesterday just to just to know because I assume I I, I should you know, I assume you'd ask, but apparently, apparently it's Hall and Oates. Okay, maybe so because just, you feed oats to a horse. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's just the Hall and Hall and Oates just spelled differently. H O L. I don't know. Apparently, yeah, app- yeah, I get the Hall. Apparently, that's the reference. I didn't. Okay, know but though. yeah, Hall and Oates. Okay, you feed ho- oats to a horse. I get it. Hall horse. Yeah, that's a that's a stretch. They did my boys dirty. I love Hollow Notes. Have you ever heard uh, Adult Education? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you've heard that song seriously? Um, 
maybe at one point I'm not like a Hall Notes aficionado or anything. Mm. Well, it's a banger, certified. Okay, just throwing that out there. Sure. Um, pepper that in. So yeah, Hall Horse is like, you know, I mean, we get a pretty good sense of what his character is like in this episode. He's just he's a pimp. He he's yeah. I mean the the first (laughs) the first time we see him, he's riding an elephant. He's got uh. Well, it's less impressive once we find out who Nana <laughs> really is. But and I had questions about that as well. And am I allowed to ask my question now? About, or should I wait? Sure. About, about her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so about, yeah, what about her? I mean, going forward, spoiler alert: we find out that she is the Empress. But did was she aware of Hall Horse's identity? Did she know that he was also a stand assassin? Um, like, and Yaba set all these people off. Are we to assume that she just, the Empress stumbled upon Hall Horse? Um, so, uh, Empress and Nena are like, I mean, it's one of those like very minor villains where I just, I don't think there's really any like deeper information about them mm. what i sort of imagine is that she did know and she was probably sent in the area but maybe like she got too consumed with having this like beautiful woman's appearance that she kind of got wrapped up gotcha with hall horse and then once her stand got killed later like um it kind of broke down the whole thing i i don't really know i, I really don't know anything about mm. nena <laughs> but right. but yeah, Hall Horse is uh, breaking hearts, riding elephants. Uh, Hell yeah! And then yeah, so it, I really I really remember like I remember this scene or I remembered this scene pretty vividly from the first time I saw it. I really loved the the animation in the scene where Hall Horse meets up with uh, Centerfold. Uh, uh, Jay Gal for the first time and, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. get the animation that really like lets you know like kind of visually what hanged man's capable of where the, the snakes cobra? the snakes flying yeah. through the air and he slashes it through the <laughs> the reflection in the bottle but but yeah so i mean i guess let's what, do you have any thoughts about uh what did you think about the introduction of the emperor stand the gun I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, so basically it can, it shoots, it, it's, so is the bullet itself, I know that the bullet is also part of the stand, but he was like, oh, it's, they're too far out of range. So he can only control it up to so far and he can control like where it goes, the tra- like, so the trajectory, the impact, all that stuff, just with that like one gun. Yeah, so my understanding is that, yeah, the gun and the bullet are a part of the stand. Um, I'm looking on the wiki right now, and it does say it's a close-range stand, so mm. it probably wouldn't be able to... I mean, you Right, could, it's not you, like a sniper rifle or anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's for close-range standoff. So, yeah, I think that he can... Haha, <laughs> standoff. Right, right. Um so let's see homing bullets the characteristic ability of emperor and it's most dangerous is its ability to freely control the trajectory of its bullets as they are also a part of the stand hall horse is able to control the bullets with enough precision 
that he was able to circle Silver Chariot's sword with no lag time. Which is pretty impressive seeing how quickly Silver Chariot can, you know, swipe swipe his sword. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, we also saw kind of a diff... Well, yeah, I mean, because we saw in um, Polnareff's, like, first episode where he shed the armor to move faster. Right, right, so right, right. we saw him do it again to try and hit the bullet. Yeah, he was like, all right, I'm just going to do this from the get-go, and wasn't enough at all, not even close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that Hallhorse really only, like, he doesn't have any confidence in his stand at all unless he's paired with someone else, which I think is, like, an interesting... Well, I mean, he's a guy who knows that, like, his stand has limitations. But I was going to say, it, um, with him pairing um, with Centerfold, uh, or Jay Giles, as he's, he's known, um, the way that Jay Giles uses that stand, the hangman, is sort of the idea that I had for my stand, mm. like an obsidian, but replace mirrors with shadows right yeah so watching that battle gave me more of an idea of how i wanted like theoretically my stand to be able to attack and it wasn't wasn't too far off and i it gave me ideas of its weakness just because i thought well i'm jumping ahead so we can get we can get to that in a little bit but uh yeah it was great i loved it yeah um so i had a couple notes just before we get into more of the meat of the the stand like showdowns and everything i I loved when, like, I liked that when they first got there, like, I wrote that old Joseph's still trying to get canceled at 69, where, like, didn't he say something like... Uh, he was like just talking cur- shit about curry- Calcutta. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and I actually wrote in my notes that uh, old man Joseph is as xenophobic as I am when it comes to food. Right. Because he was just, like, not having any food, like, that wasn't a cheeseburger. He was like, give me, is there a place for like a cheeseburger around here, Abdul? And Abdul was like, absolutely not. We are in the land of curry. It's good shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's still trying to get canceled. Um, I was, uh, I wrote in my notes that uh, at this restaurant, Polnareff uh, meets an Indian bidet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what did you think of the pig stick? I thought that shit was fucking disgusting. Um, hello? Where your whole thing completely Duty froze. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh. Like your picture's not moving. Nothing's moving. And Dom's computer died. So that's where this episode concludes. But fear not for we are uploading a second episode for this week to make up for this cursed episode. So that'll be live right along with this one. So you can just hop right on over and pretend it's one long episode. See you guys there.